big hand. Aren't they amazing? They amaze me because I can't sing a lick or play a note on an instrument. Not at all. How's everybody? Are you glad to be here? All right. Well, we're glad you're here. Hey, be praying for uh, Free Will Baptist National Convention kicks off today. So if you notice, I'm not Brother Will. He's at Nationals, as are most of the staff. Ray and I are holding the fort down, so we're counting on all of y'all to help us hold the fort down. Okay? Can you do that? Awesome. And pray for our competitors, as you know, or may not know, but at competition, they call it Bible, Music, and Art Competition. Okay? It used to be called CTS, but now we just call it what it is, competition. Okay? Now, it's not about who wins or loses. We know that, right? But Brent, we, we do like to win, don't we? <laughs> No, it's good. It's good. So pray for, pray for all the competitors. Pray for all of them. Uh, it be a great week. So we're here today, and we're going to be in God's Word in the book of Luke chapter 19. I'll read from there in a moment. You can go ahead and turn there. Because usually, don't you love it how we preachers, we, we say, hey, turn, open your Bibles and turn, and they're reading before you ever get there, you know? I used to do that, so I'm going to slow down today. Luke 19. And before we get there, okay, I'm gonna, I'll read in a moment, but... I want you to help me complete this sentence, okay? You complete the last word in the sentence. Let's see if you can get it. The first service, man, they nailed it, so I think y'all got this. Okay, you ready? You ready for it? Okay. It's hard to break a bad... Yes, you got it. Today we're going to talk about the power of habits. We've all got them, right? We've all got habits in our lives. They can be good habits. We've got good habits, and we've got bad habits, right? <laughs> I mean, because we're, you know, we're just kind of... we. We struggle with that. We struggle with bad habits in our life. So I'm going to read a list of habits that I found online. And if, if this habit pertains to you, don't raise your hand, okay? Just internalize it, okay? That's between you and the Holy Spirit right now. Also, no, I'm not picking on you if this habit pertains to you. I haven't singled you out because, as I said, we've all got them. So this is, this is a great list of habits I found online that I think a lot of people fall into. So I thought it might be amusing to share this list with you this morning. Are you ready? Okay, this is a, this is a dangerous one. Texting and driving. Whew. Yeah. Hitting the snooze button. Procrastinating. All right, how about this one? Guys, checking your pockets for your wallet and keys after you just put them there. Why did we do that? Okay, here we go. Obsessively checking Facebook and other forms of social media. No, none of us do that, right? How about this one, losing your keys? Happens frequently at our house. How about yours? Losing your phone. Drinking too much coffee. Oh, if only Nathan were here to hear that one, huh? Chewing your fingernails. And sorry, I couldn't resist with this one. This is, you know, like I said, the old youth pastor comes out of me sometimes when I'm up here picking your nose. Of course, that only applies to our kids and grandkids. I could say more, but we'll move on because I'm trying to mature. How about this? Picking at stuff. How many of you are just pickers? You know, you, you pick off stuff. You know, tear, tear stuff up by picking at it. All right, how about this one? Overspending. Ouch. Eating too much sugar. Drinking pop or Coke, as you say in Arkansas. I'm from Oklahoma. We called it pop. Uh, cracking your knuckles. How about this one? Talking to yourself. Or interrupting others. Watching too much TV. 
playing too many video games. And then this one wasn't on the list, but I added it. Preachers that preach too long. Okay? I'm going to break that habit today, okay? I'm going to break that habit. Because I had nine pages of notes when I finished this sermon. I was like, oh, that'll never do. So I reduced it down to one page of an outline. How's that? Okay? <laughs> so we're, I streamlined it. You're going to be thankful. You'll thank me for that. Hey, listen, habits can be good and bad, and we all have them, don't we? But here's the things about habits that we need to remember. Habits shape our identity. We become what we practice. And guess what? The more that we implement a habit into our life, the more we identify ourselves with that habit. And then, based on our identity, we say, well, I'm this kind of person, so that's just what we do. Right? And sometimes we get stuck in that, in that circle, and we can't get out. But our identity, make no mistake about it, it influences our habits, and our habits influence our identity. So today, we're going to look at God's Word about some habits that we're going to see. And this is, a, this is a very famous story. You know the story, so I'm not going to act like you've never heard it. But maybe we'll look at it from a little different perspective today. But before we read the, the scripture, I want to, I want to quote uh, a couple of guys about habits. The first one is uh, from Craig Rochelle. He says this, Successful people do what other people do occasionally. It's pretty good, isn't it? Pretty good. And then Sean Covey says this, Our habits will make or break us. We become what we repeatedly do. There's some truth to that too, isn't there? All right, you ready to read the word? Okay, let's get to the scripture. It's on the screen behind me. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and he called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your house today. So Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But listen to this. The people were displeased. He's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I've cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Pretty amazing, huh? And Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are what? From this passage, we're going to th see three spiritual truths about habits. So I've got three points. It's the bad, the good, and the transformed. Let's pray. God, we love you. And today, we thank you that, uh, Lord, you are in control. And we thank you that you're all-powerful. And we thank you for sending Jesus to be our Savior. And thank you for your Holy Spirit that indwells in us, Lord, and transforms our lives. Because, God, we know on our own we're powerless, but with your power in us, we can be victorious. Today, Lord, as I speak on the outside, would you just speak into hearts and change lives and work in lives as only you can. And Lord, help us truly to apply your word and help us to go out and live it. We love you and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. First, I want to talk to you about the bad. We've all, we don't like to admit it, but we've all got the bad habits in our lives. We've got some of the bad in us, right? We've got the sin nature. So it's just there. There's no way around it. Well, the fourth grade, for whatever reason, 
it was a big growing up year for me, okay? I learned multiplication in the fourth grade, all right? Now I understand they learned that in like kindergarten or something, so I never would have made it today if I was a kid in today's world, no, you know, wasn't smart enough, but I remember Cheryl learned the multiplication, but I was so frustrated. I'd cry, and I would pout, and I'd get so mad. And then my teacher, man, she jerked me up by my collar. She chewed me out and, man, gave me a whole new perspective on life, you know? I grew up real quick in the fourth grade. I quit feeling sorry for myself. So now, when I can't figure something out, instead of crying, I just pout, okay? Come a long way. Come a long way. But I did have this bad habit of chewing my fingernails, okay? If you're a nail chewer, I'm not picking on you. Don't admit it if you are. You know, but I did. I chewed my fingernails. But one day, it was like art class or something. You know, I'm getting out my crayon box, and we're working. And all of a sudden, I had this urge to chew my fingernails. Maybe art was stressful, Eric. I don't know. But I'm like, uh, and then I looked and I had like green crayon under my nail. I remember this. And I was like, oh, I don't really want to put that in my mouth. That's kind of nasty, you know? And I was like, well, what else are under these fingernails, you know? So I was like, I'm going to start using fingernail clippers. That transforming moment for my life. Now, it did take me a lot longer to quit chewing my toenails, Okay. Just kidding. Just making sure you're awake out there. Are y'all awake? Okay, good. I got to gross you out a little bit now and then just to, just to make sure you're with me, okay? Um, but seriously, you know, we can fall into bad habits. And in this scripture, you guys know this scripture. You've read it. And you know, if you, you've been in church at all, you've heard about this story. But the perspective I want to present to you is that Zacchaeus had fallen into some bad habits. He had allowed some things in his life that were harmful. And guys, make no mistake about it, habits can be very harmful. Sometimes they're just funny, sometimes they're annoying, but habits can also be sinful. And that's where we have to look into our lives and say, is this habit a bad habit? Is it harming me? Is it harming others? Is it a sin against God? And if that's the case, listen, we got to deal with it, right? We can't just excuse it or overlook it. But Zacchaeus, he had fallen into a habit of ripping people off. He was known as a thief and a cheater because he was a tax collector. He was a Jew, but he worked for the Romans, so he was considered by his own people a traitor or a turncoat. And so he made his livelihood by taking from his own people. He would overtax them. He would pocket the excess and then give what was due to the Romans. So how do you think his own people took this? Not real good. You see, in Jesus' day, two out of three people, they were, they were living in the poverty level. They were malnourished. It took everything they had just to make it. So imagine this guy's taking food off of their table, right? They don't like him, but he'd fallen into a pattern. But you know what I think, and I'll explain this a little bit later. I don't think Zacchaeus was proud of this. I don't think that Zacchaeus wanted to be this way. I don't think he wanted to be stuck in this life, but I think he felt a little bit trapped. And maybe this was the only way he thought he could make a living. Maybe he wasn't able to go out and work. So maybe he's like, you know, if I give this lifestyle up, how am I going to support myself? How am I going to live? So instead, he fell into this pattern of stealing from others. And the Bible said he became very wealthy. And while on the outside, Zacchaeus may have looked like he had everything going for him, I think he was eaten up on the inside with guilt. And knowing that he wasn't living right. And knowing that he was doing wrong. And I think he was under conviction. Because, and the reason I say this is because Zacchaeus heard that Jesus was coming to Jericho. And when he heard that, 
He wanted to see him. He wanted to get to Jesus. And here's what I think about him. He was probably hated by everyone else. Nobody wanted to be around this man. Probably the only people that ever wanted to be around him, they were just after his money. You know, that's probably the only reason anybody ever got close to him. So what did, what did Zacchaeus do? He was probably lonely. He was lonely, but he heard about Jesus. And maybe he heard that Jesus was a friend of sinners and tax collectors. Because Jesus was criticized for that. Maybe that reputation had went out before the Lord. So he heard, hey, here's a man that could be my friend. For the first time in a long time, maybe somebody would look at me without glaring at me or without hating on me. And so he wanted to get to Jesus, but the crowd was too great. He was short in stature. He could not see Jesus over the crowd. So what did he do? He looked and he saw the path Jesus was going. And he, he made a calculation. He said, I think he's going to pass by that tree. So he took a risk and he climbed up in it. Now, do you think a wealthy man who was a tax collector, do you think it was socially okay for him to climb a tree? Probably not real dignified, you know. But did he care? No. He didn't care what other people thought at this point because he wanted to get to Jesus. He wanted to get his eyes on the Savior. I think he was sick and tired of his old life, and he knew that he couldn't get out of it on his own. He felt trapped, but here was a man who perhaps could help him. So Jesus passed by now, guys, I don't have to lay it out. If you have a bad habit in your life, you know it's harmful, right? You know it's destructive. You've felt the consequence when you fall into sin and the Holy Spirit convicts you and you feel guilty and you repent. You know what that's all about, right? But sometimes, don't we feel trapped in a habit? Don't we feel powerless to change? Why is that? Why is it so hard to break a habit? You know, we know it's bad for us, but yet there's so much pull, there's so much power. Well, I'm going to give you three things today that I think keep us from breaking a bad habit. Three barriers to breaking through that habit. Here's the first barrier. We have negative thoughts about our habits. You see, here's what Satan, the enemy, is really good at doing. Satan connects, you ready for this? He connects our failures with our identity. So when we mess up, Okay? And instantly we'll have that thought like, oh man, you know, why'd I do that? I'm so dumb. I'm a loser. You know, I'm stupid. And, and those, those thoughts come in our minds, right? Yeah. Right? Okay, I'm not the only one, right? I hope. And, and we have that negative thought. And so pretty soon, if we're not careful, that's how we start viewing ourselves. Okay, so here's an example. If you spend too much money, you begin to label yourself as an overspender. Well, I'm an overspender, so I've already got, you know, debt, so I'll just go blow some more, you know, right? That's how we think. I'm never going to get out, so might as well, might as well just spend some more. Or maybe, maybe we don't make healthy eating choices. You know, I love chocolate chip cookies. They love me, okay? And uh, maybe, maybe we're making too many unhealthy choices, so pretty soon we just label ourselves as, I'm unhealthy. And we label ourselves that way, right? Or maybe we put things off, so we label ourselves a what? A procrastinator, and that's the way we begin to see ourselves, right? So our habits shape our identity, but ultimately, who's that coming from? That's coming from the enemy, because what's our identity? If we know Jesus, our identity is a child of God. That's who we are. We're made in God's image. We're made more for more than just habits that are bad. That's not who we are. As humans, we're, we're vulnerable to temptation, right? On our own, without God in our life, we're going we're gonna to fall, but that's why we have Jesus, and that's why we have his strength and the Holy Spirit to be our helper. But listen, we're made for more than our failures, okay? That does not define us. 
So another barrier to breaking through a bad habit is focusing on the wrong things. Okay, let me explain this. So I'm going to use this illustration. I live in a, I live with a, a health nut. Okay, Joy is very healthy. I just wish I was as healthy as her. So she's 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 healthy. Okay, so I'm going to use this illustration about health. Just say, okay, just say. Now I know this doesn't apply to you, but it it, it could apply to me. Just say, maybe you've you've kind of, you know, you've been a little lax and you've 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 made a few unhealthy eating choices. Okay. And, and, you know, for me, it'd be too many chocolate chip cookies, you know, and whole, whole glasses of milk. Did I say warm, hot chocolate chip cookies right out of the oven and a tall glass of cold milk? No. Too much of that, and what happens? It's going gonna, it's gonna to show up. It's going to catch up to you, right? So I set a goal. I say, okay, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose, you know, 10 pounds. That's my goal. Is that doable? Yeah, that's probably doable. So, but say, I want to do it quick. I want to do it extreme, okay? So, so I like, you know, I get up the next day and I, I run five miles, okay? I'm not a runner. I don't really run five miles. I'd die if I tried to run five miles. But just say that I did it somehow. What's going to happen two days later? I'm going to be so sore, I can't move. Every part of my body's going to hurt, Right? Right? That's called lactic acid. It's no fun. And then say, I'll say, you know what? I'm going to cut out everything. I'm just going to eat salad. I'm going to eat lettuce. I'm going to be a rabbit for three days. Okay? I'm eating lettuce. Am I going to hit my goal and lose 10 pounds? Probably. Probably so. But then what's going to happen? I'm going to fall off the wagon. I'm going to crash, Ronnie. That's right. Because nobody can sustain that. You can't live like that, right? Or who would want to, right? So <laughs> I wouldn't want to. So instead, instead of focusing on the goal, now listen, don't get me wrong, goals aren't bad. We can set goals in our life, and we, we hear that all the time. Successful people set goals. That's good. However, there's more to it than a goal. It's a system. How are we going to get there? How are we going to get to the goal? So we need to set a system in place to set us up for success. So instead of focusing on, hey, I'm going to lose 10 pounds, what if we focus on, I want to live a healthy lifestyle? So you say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat, eat better. So you make a menu of healthy foods. And then you go, you go to the store and you get it. Or even better, order it online and pick it up outside so you're not tempted by the chips ahoy. Okay? Right? Then you got to go home and you got to do what with the food? You got to cook it. Right? You gotta, you gotta, it doesn't do you any good just to sit it in the fridge or on the shelf. You got to prepare it. Then you got to eat it. Right? Now, is this rocket science? No. All right, but it's easy to talk about, but it's harder to do, right? <laughs> That's habits, okay? So we got to have a good system. So we're going to get enough sleep. We're going to get a regular sleep pattern. And then we got to do exercise. Oh, exercise. So you got to have a plan. You can't just watch inspirational workout videos and lose, you know, your, your, hit your goal. That's not going to work, right? You got you to gotta get a plan. So when are you going to exercise? Where are you going to exercise? What exercise are you going to do that's suitable for you that won't put you in the hospital, right? So you get a plan, and then you got to put it into action, right? you got to flesh it out, because it won't do you any good to have this great system if you don't activate it. But once you have a system in place for a healthy lifestyle, and say you, you do it day after day, and week after week, and it becomes who you are, then all of a sudden, you're not even worrying about your goal, because what happened? You got healthy, 
you lost the 10 pounds, but you didn't even worry about that. You're just continuing to live this healthy lifestyle. Does that make sense? we got to have a system in place. Y'all are like, enough of that. Move on. We're, we're tired of hearing about the, the weight thing. Okay. <laughs> so, so we got negative thoughts working against us if we want to break a bad habit. Sometimes we focus on the wrong thing. We don't have the right system in place. And then number three, you ready for this one? We don't see progress fast enough. Oh, yeah, because we're not real good at patience, right? Right? So here's what happens. We say, okay, I'm going to hit the gym, man. I'm going to go to the gym. And you went for two weeks, and, and you don't see any change. All you, all you do is hurt, you know? <laughs> You're like, this stinks. Forget about it, and we give up. We give up too soon, all right? And Paul tells us in Galatians, don't give up before you reap the harvest, right? We got to persevere. So think about it like this. Change, change happens usually gradually. It's a gradual thing. It's not overnight. You know, you don't, set a, you don't set this goal over here to become this and expect it to happen instantaneously. It takes a lot of hard work and discipline and dedication. Are you with me? Changes little by little. But think about it like this. What if you set a goal? What if you set a goal and you said, okay, I'm going to get 1% better tomorrow than I am today in my spiritual journey. I'm going to get 1% closer to Jesus. Can you do that? Can you make a 1% change in one day? Yeah, I think that's real doable, don't you? So what if, what if you set a goal then the next day? I'm going to get 2% better, okay? I'm going to get 1% better today, and I'm going to add another percent to that the next day. So what happens over time if you add those percents up? The pennies add up to dollars, right? Okay, so it's like investing money. If you invest money wisely today... Are you going to see a big difference tomorrow? No, not really. But what about in 10 years or 20 or 30? Yeah, hopefully, if you invest it wisely, you'll see a big gain, right? That's how it works with discipline in our lives. If we will, if we will implement discipline into our lives, then we will see a big return down the road. Okay? And all of this, ultimately, it's a spiritual theme. Okay, it's a spiritual thing because that's the way God made us. I love, you know, you can look at a, a, a physical illustration about your body, okay, like we use the exercise in, in a healthy lifestyle. But ultimately, look at your spiritual life, and it's the same application. The more disciplines we put in our lives, the closer to the Lord we grow. And then guess what? We're going to be stronger, and, and eventually we'll be able to overcome those temptations. We'll be able to break through some of those bad habits that were bondage in our life. But it's not going to be overnight. So don't give up before you reap the harvest. Make sense? Amen. All right. You ready for me to move on? All right. We talked about that's the bad, okay? Let's talk about good habits. Let's talk about the good for a little bit. Uh, Jesus, he's the ultimate example of what it's like to have good habits in your life. There's nobody like Jesus, right? He sets that example for us. So in a minute, I'm going to break down some of Jesus' good habits. But we know there's a payoff, right? There's a payoff. If we put good habits in our lives, there, there's hopefully going to be some good results down the road. Okay? So have you guys seen this app that's out? It's the old age app, the aging app. It makes you look older. Okay? Who's seen it? Raise your hand if you play with it. Okay, so I come home the other day. Joy, she's just cracking up. I mean, she's in there just laughing, cracking herself up. I'm like, what's so funny? She goes, well, there's this, there's this aging app. you got to see it. So what it does, it takes your picture now, and then it predicts what you'll look like way down the road. Okay? It makes you look, you know, older. And so, yeah, it's quite humorous. 
Well, kind of a sore spot in our family is sometimes, on a few occasions, I've been mistaken for Joy's dad. So, <laughs> so apparently, Joy and I don't we don't age quite the same. So, you know, she hasn't changed, but I've changed a little bit. Okay. And in fact, I probably told you all this. I've had people walk in my office and look at pictures on the wall, and they're like, who's that guy with joy, you know? <laughs> yeah, it, it was me, okay, when I used to have hair, all right? And, and so, you know, she's aged uh, much more gracefully than me, apparently. So, so I'm like, okay, well, let's see, what this, let's see what this aging app does. Let's just see how this all plays out. So we started with the kids now, I won't show you Jude's picture because it's a real sensitive spot for him. Uh, it tried to make him an old woman. And we don't really know why, and Matthew was picking at him, and Jude was about to tear, so I'm not going to humiliate Jude. Y'all don't mention that to him that I told you that, though, okay? Ma- made him an old woman. So let's go ahead, Sherry. We got you. We ready? Y'all give Sherry a hand up there. She follows me. While I ramble, she stays up with it. Okay, there's Matthew. There's the before on the left. And then, Matthew, you did well. You aged well. Really not a big, not a big difference. Okay, let's roll on to Isaac. Oh. Woo, Isaac. Uh, that, Isaac didn't age so well. Let's go to Eli. Oh. <laughs> Eli. Wow, buddy. That's a lot of wrinkles. All right. All right, let's go to Joy. Oh, very graceful. She's very elegant in her, in her aging process. Okay, now then we get to mine, and I'll, I'm just going to tell you, I was a little mortified about it, because she shows me the picture, and she's laughing. I mean, like, I mean, like, really, like, Bill making fun of me laughing, okay? And I thought it was my before picture. It's my after. Okay, let's just throw them up there. There's no difference. There's no difference. I'm like, are you kidding me? I already look old, apparently, so I've decided I'm going to put some better habits in my life and be more disciplined, so maybe, maybe I can reverse some of that uh, process. I don't know. Man, okay, well, let's move on from that, but I'll tell you right now, if you have the aging app on your phone, just get rid of it. You don't need it. If you don't have it, don't get it, okay? I can't stand that thing, man. Well, let's talk about some good habits. So Jesus, he set the example of what it is to have good habits in your life. What do we know about Jesus' habits? Well, we know this about Jesus. He went to the temple often, and he worshiped the Lord, and he taught from the Word. We know this about Jesus. He would retreat often to pray, even through the night. He fasted. Jesus used the power of fasting to overcome temptations of the enemy, to cast out demons. We know that Jesus memorized the Word. He he quoted Scripture, and when the enemy tempted him, he used that to combat temptation. We also know about Jesus that he went out and he sought out the sick. He said, it's not the healthy that need a doctor. It's the who? It's the sick. So Jesus went to the people that everybody else looked away from or nobody else wanted anything to do with. So when Zacchaeus was up in that tree and Jesus came by, he looked up and he saw him and he had compassion because he didn't see a cheater and a thief and a liar like everybody had labeled Zacchaeus. You know what he saw? He saw a potential child of God. He saw somebody who was hurting. He saw somebody who had a need in their life. And so when he looked up at him, he said, man, get down from there. Hurry up because I'm going to your house today. I want to be your guest. I want to be your friend. I want to get to know you. And that's how Jesus is, man. He looks into our hearts. And aren't you glad that he does that? 
So Jesus, even in the face of criticism, because you can better believe that people criticize Jesus. And the crowd, when they saw this, they're like, huh, there's Jesus, you know, hanging out with this, this cheater, this notorious liar, and he's going to his house. And they were appalled. The crowd was offended. But did Jesus worry about that? No. He didn't worry about it. And listen, guys, when you're putting good habits into your life, there's going to be some people that will oppose that. The enemy's going to try to pull you back. You can't worry about what the crowd says. You worry about what the Lord says. So here's the thing. When we have a good habit in our life, it can shape a healthy identity for us. So for instance, we could say, hey, I've made some healthy eating choices now, so I'm going to identify myself as a healthy person. Okay? Or maybe you're starting to save money and you say, I'm now a saver instead of a spender. Or maybe you're getting more disciplined, and instead of being a procrastinator, you could say, hey, I'm, I'm a disciplined person now. I'm a person who's on time now. You know, and so when we put positive habits into our life, what happens? We begin to get a healthy identity about ourselves. So if we want to have a healthy identity, I think the greatest model of all is, hey, let's look to Jesus. And then, listen, guys, like Jesus, we got to go out and we got to seek the lost, seek the hurting. But also, we need to surround ourselves regularly with people who have like-minded habits. People who have good disciplines and godly disciplines in their lives. Because we become like those that we hang out with. Right? So Jesus always, he had, he had, a, he had, a, he had an army around him. He had his disciples around him and they, they encouraged each other. And that's important to do. So we talked about bad habits, so we talked about good habits, but let's talk about transformed habits. We know we've got good habits. We've got the bad habits that we want to get rid of, but it's difficult. But how do we transform them? What's, what makes the difference? Well, I have to use this illustration, and I know we've talked about it before. But hey, have y'all noticed Brother Johnny? I mean, Brother Johnny, in the last two years, he's transformed himself, hasn't he? And he started getting fit. He started going to the gym. He started eating clean, eating healthy. And as a result, he's, he's gotten healthy. He's gotten off all of his, his uh, diabetes medicine. Now that amazes me. Okay. But little by little, he stayed faithful to it. So I thought that was pretty cool. But listen, if we're really going to transform, we've got to let Jesus in our life. I mean, we got to surrender to Jesus. It's got to be all about him. So we see in Zacchaeus, he comes down from that tree Jesus goes to his house, and immediately, Zacchaeus doesn't mess around. He said, he said Lord, I'm going to give half my wealth to the poor, and anybody that I've ripped off, I'm going to pay him back four times as much. Okay? <laughs> he was serious, and he proclaimed it, and he stated it. And this is why I think that, that Zacchaeus was tormented by his old lifestyle. He said, I'll pay back four times as much to everyone I've cheated. I think he knew, man. He knew who he cheated. I think he had continual guilt, and I think their, their names and faces were just playing over and over in his mind like a movie reel. And so Zacchaeus is like, I'm going to make this right. His life was changed. He didn't just talk about it. He put it into action. Okay, Actions don't save us. He placed his faith in Jesus, but the result of that, there was fruit in his life. There was a changed lifestyle, and he proclaimed it. And guys, I think there's some power. If we, if we have something that's bondage in our life, I think we need, to, we need to proclaim that to the Lord. And if we're going to transform, you know, and let Jesus really have it all and, and make a difference and make a change, I think we need to say it out loud. We need to tell the Lord. We need to write it down. We need to 
tell an accountability partner and say, Lord, I'm serious about this. I want you to, I need your power in my life to transform me. And guys, is the power of God available to you? You better believe it. When you believe that Jesus died for you and was buried and rose again, and you confess him as your Savior, the Holy Spirit indwells in you, in each of us. That's, that's God's power, and it's available to us, but we have to yield to him because there's still going to be that battle between the flesh and the spirit, and we got to die every day to the, to the flesh side. And we got to say, Lord, I'm going to live for you. Lord, I'm going to live for you. Now, here's the theme. Zacchaeus, I think his reputation changed. Because your habits shape your identity. And I think he became known as a generous person instead of a thief. He became known as a giver. And he learned a, he learned a great lesson, okay? Guys, a bad habit is going to give you an instant reward. But you're going to pay the price down the road. A good habit is going to cost you something up front. But you're going to reap a harvest down the road. So when Zacchaeus turned his life around... Instead of taking money and ripping people off and then being labeled a cheater, he gave. Now, did it hurt to give? Probably, yeah, it cost him. It hurt his pocketbook, but guess what? He did it, and then he, his reputation went from being a cheater to being a generous person. And Jesus proclaimed salvation has come to this man's house. Zacchaeus, he got it, didn't he? Now, listen, we can, we can do a lot of things when it comes to, to overcoming a bad habit. We can change our environment. Okay, sometimes we just need to do that. Uh, successful people, they say, spend less time in tempting situations. Okay, <laughs> there's just places we don't need to go, right? Because if you go there, then you're going to be tempted. So why go there? Why put yourself through it? Does that make sense? That's common sense, right? So sometimes if we want to drop a bad habit, we need to, we need to eliminate its accessibility in our lives. Make it as difficult as possible to get to. Right? Does that make sense? So throw the Chips Ahoy cookies out. Okay? <laughs> right? Throw them out. You don't need them. You don't need them around. And then we got to think about the consequence. Look beyond the temptation, before the temptation hits you, and say, what's going to be the real consequence? If I, if I give in to this, what's it going to do to me? You know, how's it going to impact my relationship with Jesus and with others? So you got to weigh that. And, and guess what? If we, can, if, we can, if we can ahead of time, before the temptation hits, if we can rationalize that, and then we just take a stand and we say, I'm not going there. I'm not even going to allow that into my life. So you've already decided up front what you're going to do, and when the temptation hits, what can you do? You turn and walk away. All right? Now, if we're going to put some good habits in our life, hey, let's make it easy to get to. Right? So say you want to start reading your Bible every day. Say you set a goal, I'm going to read my Bible one chapter a day. All right, so, hey, put it on your phone. Put the Bible on your phone. Or set the Bible out on your kitchen table so that every day you can get to it easily. Does that make sense? All right? This sounds silly, but I found if, if I say I want to exercise, say I want to go to the gym, if I'll lay all my stuff out at, at night, okay, before I get up in the morning, I have a better chance of actually getting to the gym. But if I'm scrambling around that morning trying to get everything done, I probably won't make it, you know? So set yourself up for success. Whatever, whatever discipline you want to instill in your life that the Lord's speaking to you about, make it accessible. Make it easy to get to. Prepare for it, okay? Remember the system. Have a system in place. Okay, and those are all great things, but ultimately, guys, here's the deal. We got to let Jesus transform our lives. 
He's the only one that can do it. So if there's something in your life that you're struggling with, man, you've got to surrender. You've got to say, Lord, I'm going to battle against this, and I need your help, and I'm crying out with every fiber of my being. And then you recruit an army of believers together and pray with you, all right? Your family and say, your church family, say, Lord, I've got an army of people praying for me. Guys, there's power in that. Did you know that? And, and you, you start to instill some disciplines in your life. And you know what? Just add, add one, one discipline a year if you have to, okay? Add one a year. Then guess what happens? Say if you add a spiritual discipline. This year you say, I'm going to read my Bible every single day. And next year you say, I'm going to add the discipline of, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to write out my prayer requests and, and pray for those. You know, whatever it is, whatever God's speaking to you about, write it down, get a plan, and then live it out. All right? Listen, a spiritual habit in your life, yeah, you're going to pay a price now, but you'll reap a reward later. I'm going to ask everybody to stand and, and uh, bow your heads, nobody looking around.